Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Sunday afternoon. We are glad to be with you. Hope you guys are having a great day. Weekend. Hope it's uh, been everything you want. It looks like we had some nice weather. I saw a lot of great, great uh, food on the timeline last night. So I always enjoy uh, seeing what you guys are cooking up. We'll keep that tradition going uh, the rest of the summer as best we can. Want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. They're doing a great job. I, I, I think Churn and Spoon might be. Op- Is it open again? Have they have they announced that? I, I think I saw. I, something I don't that- think I've seen an announcement. Not saying there hasn't been one, but I. As I went to get my afternoon pick-me-up on Saturday, mm-hmm. there were people sitting out at those tables by Churning Spoon, and I do believe they had ice cream in front of them, so, if I, if my eyes did not I deceive have, me. I may have to go do a little reconnaissance. So, uh, I think it's open. I'm going to have to go That's, check that out, do a little little, little leg work, figure that out, because yeah. it's time. It's time for some ice cream. The, good thing, the good thing about it is, if, if you want to know for sure, well, I guess you could always call and ask. But Strange Brew Coffee House is always very responsive on the Twitter. Yeah, that's true. You could true. just hit at SB Coffee House, Coffee House yeah. and uh, say, hey, you guys open on the other side? And I bet Shane will answer you. I bet he will. But again, probably a phone call is the easiest way. Unless, yeah. you know, if you're an introvert, you don't like talking on the phone, I get it. You can do that, too. Well, whatever you're going to do, you're going to end up with a, uh, a fantastic drink or even a fantastic Sunday if, uh, when Turnus Moon gets back up and running. want to thank uh, our other sponsor over at College Corner. CollegeCornerStore.com is the place where you can p- save a ton of money right now because they are still running this gift card sale 30% off any gift card purchase. So when you purchase a $100 gift card, you're actually only paying 70 bucks, but you've got $100 worth of credit right there to use at College Corner. Shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Check out their brand new and improved website. Check out the incredible selection they have of Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Southern Mississippi, and all the colleges here in, in the in the area. The, what kind of merchandise they have. You can outfit the whole family in maroon and white or whatever other color you, you decide you want to go with. If you want to go another way, that's, that's up to you. So, check them out, collegecornerstore.com. Our good friends at Advantage Business Systems want you to know that even if it doesn't really matter what you're doing right now, are you bringing employees back or are you keeping employees home, they can help you keep your business running at the highest levels. They can set up your uh, remote workers with the business devices they need in their home, or they can upgrade the current technology you have in the office, copiers, phone systems, document management software. It does not matter. Matter. 45 years of experience here in the Magnolia State doing business with Mississippians for Mississippians. Buy local and be local. That's what Advantage Business Systems is all about. Call them today at 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com. Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. We didn't thank our listeners, by the way. Got to make sure we give our shout-outs out. I think that's the second time in like a week you forgot. I'm tired of them. <laughs> I hate you all. No, I do not. That's, that's the opposite of the truth. So thank you guys for uh, for tuning in at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you're getting podcasts. Appreciate our listeners, especially our great servicemen and women out there taking care of us and our medical personnel here at home. 
Joel T., we're going to talk about the uh, the final matchup. 15 versus 15. That's coming. But we're going to start with some actual sports. And we're going to actually... I'm, I'm not... I'm talking about like we're gonna talk some football, and I, 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 this is my new pledge to our listeners. We are from this day forward, we are going to go forward on this show until we hear otherwise. Like we are all going to be in Davis Wade Stadium on September the fifth. Sign me up. So we're going to talk football like it's going to happen. We're going to preview opponents. We're going to do everything the way we normally do. I think we got one more week. I got to double check that. Till we start our SEC previews, we are going to our summer schedule is about to ramp up, and it's going to be the way it is. <laughs> watch, watch on Monday. They just they come will down tomorrow. <laughs> it's not happening. It's not happening. <laughs> Please don't let that be the case. Not, well, you know what? If until they say otherwise, we are full speed, all go here on Thunder and Lightning. All go towards New Mexico. Very good. Yeah, we will go with that. Which I guess we still don't know for sure if it's the Thursday night game. If it happens. we don't know anything, but we are we are we are working towards that. That is our date. I need to ask John that. Like, hey, if this happens, like if we if we play football when we're supposed oh, that, to play that football, was, it was suppo- it was so close, and then it, it, it fell apart. I mean, it was yeah, you know, it was. Suppo- they were probably going to announce it like two days after, like the day after the SEC. Tournament. It was it was close. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, there were some things, but yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see. Yeah. Hey, John, if this if 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 we play like normal. This happened on Thursday or not? So he probably won't answer that right now. No, because he, he probably doesn't know either. He doesn't know, but we'll see how it goes. All right. Uh, so we're going to talk football today. I think Joel, my, my, my thought process was this, and we'll, I guess we'll start off with with Stuart Reese heading out. Um, that's a that's a blow to to the depth of the offensive line. I had not been aware, and this just tells you the kind of in depth coverage I bring, that he didn't start the last like five games of the season. Yeah, he only played like once in the last. Yeah, I think he played. Half, well, I mean, he only started like once in the last yeah, half of the year. But he only started. So he, I did not realize he had lost his starting job. I think I would have had him penciled in as a starter to start this year, but he's headed out. He's headed to Florida, uh, reuniting with Dan Mullen, John Hevesy, and his brother is there as well, who's a defensive back on the team. So you know, if, if you got three years, defensive lineman, right? Defensive back. Is he a defensive back? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Stewart's the big big guy in the family. Okay. He's literally the big brother. Okay. Uh, I can't say much to it, though. Guy gave you two and a half years of starting, played well, never caused any problems. He wants to go play with his brother for a year. I can't, I can't, I can't find a way against that. So we'll wish him well. You know, not going to see Only time you have a chance to see him is if, if State and Florida are in the SEC championship game. Uh, so not going to worry too much with that. <laughs> Don't feel too confident in that matchup. I'll be totally honest with you. Um, so I'm looking at this year's team, right? And I think that the success of this year's MSU football team is going to be determined by first-year players. Now, I know a lot of you are already saying, well, of course, K.J. Costello is – You know, I feel like that's too obvious, too easy. You know, obviously the team is going to go the way Costello goes. If Costello comes in and, and he clicks with Mike Leach's system – then yeah, the team should be successful. But there are there are pieces within that, I think, that also will lead to it. And two of them are directly connected to the offense and what you're going to do offensively and, and with Costello. Uh, so let's start with uh, with the offensive line because uh, you know we're talking about Reese. You know we got we got to find the, the pieces are going to play there. I have a theory about five star players, right? Yep. There's no middle ground with them. They're either stars or they're busts. Because if you're a five-star and you're not a star, you're a bust. Uh, if you're a five-star player and you're like, oh, well, he was a solid starter for two years, you're a bust. 
You know, that, that's why, you know, 24-7, they do 32 five-stars every year. One for every pick in the draft. They expect you to be a first-round NFL pick if you are a five-star. Now, injuries aside, you know, I'm saying if you if you are healthy for all four years of your college career and you're not starting and being a good, if not great, player, I expect you to be a great player as a five-star. So, so with Charles Cross, I expect him to be a good player as a redshirt freshman. You know, I understood why they didn't play him last year. You know, we, we did a show about that, like should they or shouldn't they. And... You know, it 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 made sense, right? Tyree Phillips was there at left tackle. He's an NFL guy, third round pick of the of the Ravens. No reason to rush Charles Cross out there. But now he should be taking over and he should be MSU's left tackle for the next two to three seasons. And should be doing it at a very high level. And obviously in this offense, the left tackle, as much passing is going to be going on, have to assume it's 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 more it's it, it might even be more vital than it normally is. Yeah. I mean it, it assuming he's the starter, and I think that's a pretty good assumption as we sit here mid-May he is going to be a critical piece and whether or not this air raid works the way you want it to work I is there part of you that wish wishes I mean I know why we why he didn't I mean when you got a Tyree Phillips there you play him. is there part of you that wishes he did start last year though just so you're not kind of sitting here wondering a little bit what well, you got, or do you no, just trust because it would have been the same thing? Would have been wondering it last year. Yeah, you know, I have to. You know, either there's only two options: either he's as good as his recruiting ranking, or he was overrated by every recruiting ranking service out there. The fact that it's a new offense does that play into to you feel like no? Is he still a because he's a left tackle, and if you look at his build, he's more built for a passing style offense. He's a tall, lean kind of guy. Yeah. You know, he's not 340 pounds out there. Yeah. I he's, think that's one of the things we said in the last show we did was he, he needed to bulk up. He needed to bulk up. Bit. Well, now if he's 295, 300, that's probably going to be about right for him. Um, no, it, it, the new offense doesn't bother me at all because, A, everybody's on that same page, but, B, it's supposed to be very simple, you know? And I, I imagine, you know, as, as many quick throws are in this offense that the, the job of the offensive line is probably a little bit easier than before. Yeah. You know, you, you know, it's never easy in the SEC when you face the kind of talent you're going to face week in and week out there. But it seems like it's going to be a lot of quick reads. And you've got a veteran quarterback back there who knows that and knows what to, how to get rid of the football. So I think everything sort of plays into that into Charles Cross's favor to have a, a good first year. Let's – I don't want to get away from what we're doing here too much, but just offensive line in general. Now that Reese is gone – what do you feel like it's that entire front's fixing to look like now? Do you think Greg Island is now on tackle? Maybe you slide Scott Lashley inside. That sounds sounds that right. Sound doesn't right? It? Sounds right. Sounds like if he, if you said Brian picked the starters on day one, Cross Parker Sharp, uh, Lashley. Uh, excuse me, Lashley is what I'm Lashley Island. Yeah, your top three off the bench are probably uh, Dollar Bill, uh, Cole, Cole Smith. Smith. And then either Nick Penley or Brandon Cunningham. You've recruited really well there. Those are, I mean, that's yeah. I, Darian Parker is the lowest rated guy, and he's one of the most experienced guys. Yeah, about. I had one of the, uh, I had the Florida Sports Illustrated site had, had reached out to ask about Stuart Reese, and one of the questions they asked was, "Where does this leave Mississippi State?" And my reply to them was, "Not to diminish what Stuart Reese was, I think he's a solid player that did a lot of good things, but I think State's fine." <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, there, there, there's depth there. There's uh, talent there. 
I'm still, even after the departure of Stuart Reese, the offensive line is not really a concern that no. I have looking at this team. No. I mean, there's some there's some inexperience there, obviously. You know, Lashley has never really played. Obviously, Cross hasn't played yet. It's inexperience, but they're all seniors. And sometimes there's that question of, you're a senior and you hadn't played, you know, yeah. kind of deal. But, well, I mean, Lashley, but a lot of them have. Well, Lashley's case, he was behind Jedrick Wills, who was yeah. the first, like, a top five pick, wasn't he? Yeah. And then, you know, on the other side, Alex Leatherwood is going to be a top five pick in this upcoming draft. Yeah. And he, behind that, before that, he was behind Jonah Williams. I mean, that's just how it goes. That's how it goes with Lashley. And then you look at State's line, I mean, Island's played a ton. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Darren Parker's played a ton. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's an experience. Hey, Wilson Sharp better. played a lot last yeah. year. You got an so, experience yeah. veteran group. You, you got a you got a good group. I, I I'm not too terribly worried about the the offensive line, you know. Um, and like I said I think that this system, you know, makes it easier on the offensive line because the plays are just so quick, and the way that the, the offense is it's designed, it's designed to help teams with less talent win football games. And that's what it's always done. Yeah, it's. <laughs> Mike Leach just just finds a way, and and you gotta assume until he doesn't that it's gonna work. And and when you look at the talent he has up front, Charles Cross among them, yeah, it, it's very easy to. But you you gotta have him. He's got the, the left tacker, tackle is your anchor. He's got to be good from day one. You're you were a five star kid. You were the number two offensive lineman in the country as a uh, as a as a. If it uh, doesn't work, you put what do you do? Put Lashley out there. And then you got Ooh, left I, tackle or, or Island out there. Who do you who do you go with there? It's a good question. Um, probably Island. You probably go Island and then put Dollar Bill at right tackle. If I had to guess, um, but that's, that's, I mean, it's, <laughs> you're getting into why it's pretty. It's it's critical it's that, that Charles Cross. Is yeah. who Charles Cross we think he is. Yeah, um, you, you're, you're right. To, you, you start drawing out key pieces of this team. Yeah, he's one of them, no doubt about it. No question. All right. So from a for the offensive line, let's let's move out wide here, and I, I don't think it's going to come as any surprise that I'm going to put Malik Heath on this list. Um, I, I think if State had any semblance of returning production and talent. At the wide receiver position, if they were bringing back two guys who had caught thirty-five passes for six hundred yards apiece last year, people would be raving about what's about to happen in Starkville. But as it is, you don't have that, and you just don't know anything. And Malik Heath is another guy that you know, and fair or unfair, the burden is going to be on him to be what you expected Stephen Gidry to be, and he couldn't deliver. He has to be a guy who can come in and in this season give you. 50-plus catches, 700-plus yards, and 8-10 to 10 touchdowns. He has to be that guy. Well, it's not going to hurt his uh, chances to do that, that Mike Leach, K.J. Costello, the state offense, they're going to throw the ball, and then if it doesn't work, they're going to throw the ball some more anyway. So he's going to continually get opportunities all year long, as is everyone, to rack up those numbers and be productive and it's it. I struggle to sit here and look at what I think Mike Leach is about to do, given his history. From a percentage, like completion percentage standpoint, I don't know what you're going to get. You, you feel pretty good about K.J. Costello. He's always had a high completion percentage. But knowing that he's going to throw it all the time, you feel good, don't you, that, that Malik Heath and even Mitchell and, you know, all these guys 
they're going to get opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And then if it doesn't work, they're going to continue to get opportunities because that's just what Mike Leach does. Yeah. Yeah. People, somebody's going to catch the ball because it's sure going to be in the air. Yeah. But you need somebody to become a star. And I feel like Malik Heath is the best option for that. You know, he's a guy who, had he been here as a true freshman, would have already been doing this. Um, he, you've got, he's got to deliver. He's got the, the stat line I gave you, that's the low end for him. If I say 50 for 708, I mean, in a reality, on a Mike, in a Mike Leach system, that might be your third or fourth leading receiver. Yeah. You know, what you really like from Lee Keith is 80 for 1112, all of which would be close to uh, school records. <laughs> I mean, so. I, I think you're right on the money in that Malik Heath has to come in and be a, a humongous contributor, maybe even a, a star on this team. But I don't, as I don't think that, that there's any doubt that there's going to be probably a, another first year guy, a Tulu or somebody mm-hmm. that comes in here and gets a lot of catches for yeah, a lot of yards. No, I, don't, too. I, don't, I don't disagree with you at all. And be, there's just. This is the, the thing we, we 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 were talking about it before the coronavirus. We'll be talking about it after here. Is that you have you're going to have to find about 400 more completions. So you look at the receivers you've got, and you divide that by 400, however you want, and that's where you are. You know, I mean, what was it? I had a stat that state that uh, Washington State. Uh, Completed, I think, 200 more passes than State attempted last year. It was something of that nature, I believe. Yeah, so I remember right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if, if, if State throws the ball 50 times a game, an average, which is about fair, that's 600 attempts. You'd like to see Costello, if he's completing 65%, which is, you know, I think a, a fair mark for a leech offense, that's going to be around 400 completions. Somebody's got to catch those passes. I still hear these numbers. It's impossible to wrap your head. It's, it, and it just blows your mind. I keep, I've always the, the idea that you know, if I called you and told you that your house, I painted your house orange. Well, I mean, you can picture your house and picture it orange, right? Yeah. But it doesn't make any sense in your head until you see it. <laughs> now, that's why a spring practice would have been nice. We could have at least gotten an idea of what's going on out there. We don't have that right now. You know, if Malik Heath puts up the kind of numbers that we are talking about, he's going to be a uh, a, a a potential All SEC guy. You know, which would be that again. That's what in this offense, I I think it's not a fair. I'm sorry, I don't think it's not an unfair uh, situation to expect a first team offensive All SEC receiver. You know, somebody has to catch these passes. Yeah, because nobody in the SEC is going to get as many chances as these guys. What I was saying earlier about Charles Cross, about the, you know either a bust or a star, it's going to be the same for Mike Leach here. Either this is going to work, and State's going to throw the ball over the field and be very successful, or State's going to drop 250 passes next year, and State's going to go 2-10. and 10. Yeah. You're going to beat Alabama A&M and New Mexico. Yeah. Because Costello's going 15 for 55 every night. Those are your only two options. Mike Leach isn't going to say, you know what, the passing game's really not working, guys. Maybe we should install a little power. Not going to happen. Mm-mm. No, but looking long term, even if it comes in and it just stinks all year, mm-hmm. I think you got a crop of receivers that would look at that and say, oh, yeah, you would think. I, I can come in and catch that pass kind of deal. You would I, think. You, would think. I, you do feel good about State's ability 
you would think, mm-hmm. as you say, to, to, to bring in the guys that could catch the passes if this group doesn't. Yeah. That said, I, I'm, I'm still on here, – here's some more of that Joel T. Sunshine pumping, I guess, but I just feel like given the number of opportunities and how it's always worked for Mike Leach, I struggle to see how it's not going to work to some level here. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's always worked. Yeah. It's worked everywhere he's been, and he's had been at two schools that had less talent overall than Mississippi State. The, the only reason people aren't 100% is because State's receivers have been so poor, basically since Fred Ross and Theronia Wilson weren't on the same field. You know, and it, Since then, it hasn't been great. So you know, if State had, if you look at last year, and Osiris Mitchell had caught six, seven hundred yards worth of passes, and Austin Williams had done that, and even in even leaving Gidry and William and and Tedra Thomas had caught five, six hundred yards, you know, and had been consistent, there wouldn't be this much consternation. But there is because those things did not happen. Yeah. Our last guys on the defensive side of the ball, you know, Errol Thompson being back, I think he's the leading returning tackler in the SEC, and that's great. I think State's defensive line is going to be improved this year. Um, even with the loss of Fabian Lovett, who, by the way, I don't know if you're keeping up with that, may not uh, end up at Florida State after all. There are a lot of rumors that uh, he'll end up at Ole Miss now, that, that something happened after the fact at Florida State. And, you know, I think it's fair to label some people head cases at this point, but we'll move on from that. But I think that defensive line is going to be really good. I think Pickering takes a big step forward in year two. I like Jaden Crumbity. I think you got some experienced guys with Spencer and, uh, Kobe, Jones. and Kobe Jones and guys like that. But at linebacker, you know, you're, you're a little weak. You know, you lose Willie Gay and Leo Lewis and Tim Washington. I mean, you, you lost three of your top four linebackers, basically. And, you know, Aaron Brule and Nate Watson, we'll see what they can do. But I think State's going to need a big contribution from another year one Juco guy in Tyrus Wheat. I think that's that's fair. I, I don't know if he is the one guy, um, because you just mentioned whether it's Brule or somebody. Somebody else could step up, too. But, you know, when you look at the, the, the defensive back situation, you feel pretty good there. Um, some youth there, but guys that play. Well, Williams, Emerson, Jones, Murphy have played a lot. Yeah, and C.J. Morgan. Yeah, and you, we just ran through the D line, which you feel pretty good about those guys. Mm-hmm. Here's where folks have to step up, man, and it's going to have to be new faces that really haven't produced a ton. Whether it is a brulee or whether it is, like you say, um, a Tyrus Wheat. I, I'm interested to see how, how this with a new like the three three five and things. How does that? Mm-hmm. How's it shake out? I know that Wheat was highly prized by Chris Marv and Bob Shoup. They wanted him on that roster. Oh, I can, you know, Marv was sitting by us on signing day. Yeah. Whenever Wheat he, he left he came the next through. day. Yeah. But he was, it's kind of weird because you know he had to know yeah. at that moment that he's probably in yeah. his last days as a Bulldog, but he was pretty pumped up that Wheat was yeah. signing. Yeah. So. Yeah, he was excited about him, or at least he feigned that, excitement. That, 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 so, this is a three-three-five, and I think some guys like Jordan Davis and uh, oh, what's the kid's name who transferred in from uh, Florida from, was it from Gulf Coast from Florida State? Can't remember his name. Lawson. <laughs> what's his last name? Gang it. <laughs> Good pod. <laughs> I can't remember his last name. Well, Experts. Trey Trey Lawson. Uh, those are guys I think that can play hand on the ground or hand off the ground. Could play that, maybe that outside spot a little yeah. bit. But you want you know a couple of real linebackers. Thompson is obviously one. Could not remember that kid's name. And 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 Tyrus Weed is a true linebacker. I feel bad because I couldn't either. So. Well, I mean, 
we haven't seen him. I know. <laughs> we haven't seen these guys. You know, he was somebody we should have went. We probably should have spoken to him by now. But uh, anyway, long story short, they uh, they're going to need Tyrus Week to you know basically give you the same sort of production that you you got from Gay when he was out on the field and from Leo Lewis. You know, he needs to be a guy who's getting seven to ten tackles. I, this feels like a more linebacker driven defense than Bob Shoops did. Bob Shoops will tell you, he expected his leading tacklers to be a safeties. That that's just the nature of his defense. This strikes me, even though you have the, the, the extra DBs on the field, as more of a linebacker. You know, you got those three guys. I think they that's who they expect to rack up sacks and and uh, and tackles. Yeah. The, it's so tough to say what to expect out of these guys, though, because, again, we, we've seen nothing from them. Yeah. Uh, other than Errol. Errol is the only one that you and I could sit here today and kind of talk about and feel a little bit comfortable what we were saying. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's not popular and it's probably not good radio to sit here and say what these guys don't know. But with Tyrus Wheat, I mean, he's got a pretty good track record. But can he come into a three-three-five in the SEC and the athletes he's going to be up, you know, can he be successful? I don't know, but if he is... If he is. Yeah. And then uh, Brule and somebody solid. You can – I've said this many times over the course of the last few months since Mike Leach has been hired, but you can certainly start to paint out a very rosy scenario where State's defense is solid to very good, and then if that offense does what Mike Leach's offense always do, mm-hmm. I mean, you're looking at a team that could – you know, I, I don't want to put a win total on them, but 8-9? Could you get there? If if what I just said, if the rosy scenario occurs and you get a linebacker or two that's solid and then that defense is solid to good and then the offense is solid to good as well, I mean, you could win eight games with that. You would think, yeah. You would think that. We'll have to see. I mean, looking back at the class of 17, that JUCO class is so ridiculous with the guys that they, that they brought in. Guys like Montez Sweat, uh, Jonathan Abram. Um, Brian Cole, Chauncey Rivers. Uh, um, uh, I, I cannot remember anybody's name. The Jaquarius Landrews. <laughs> you know, can you get? I don't think you can expect anybody to be as good as Sweat, right? Or maybe even Air Abram too, probably. But can you get the same kind of production from that you got out of Rivers, Cole, and and Landrews from Wheat, Davis, Lawson? You know, obviously different players, different positions. And Cass, Kyle Cass is in there too. If those guys can just be good, they don't have to be great, good, then yeah, this defense can be very, very good. And if the offense is anything, then state schedule lends itself to seven wins. All right, you got four winnable non-conference games. You have Missouri at home. You have Arkansas at home. And then can you just win one more? That's seven. All right? In reality, you think they could probably beat Ole Miss Maybe beat Kentucky. So, you know, that's eight. But it's it's all on, you know, you've got to have these first-year guys step up. Some receiver has to become really good. And then, yeah, these these JUCO defensive pieces, again, not great. They don't, they don't have to be Montez Sweat from day Solid. one. Just good. Just good. And if you got those things, you're going to be eight and four, and you're going to go to a good bowl game. If you And if... God forbid, if, if Jordan Davis and those guys are Montez Sweat kind of players, well, then, yeah, there's a path. If I told you, if, I, if we wake up on, on the day after Thanksgiving, which is when the season, the regular season is going to end, 
<laughs> as far as we're concerned here on this podcast. But if I told you they went 9-3, and three, and they, they only lost to LSU, Alabama, and Texas A&M, because you know how I feel about Auburn. They always underachieve. That game is in Starkville. They're... I look at Auburn, I think Auburn's going to be a lot like MSU was last year. They lost so much off that defense. Now, offensively, they should still be pretty good, and Bo Nix is a, a good player, but people make Bo Nix out to something that he's really not. He's not an elite quarterback yet. He could get there. He's got a ceiling to get there, but he's not there yet. So if I told you they beat Auburn, and they beat Ole Miss, and they beat Kentucky, and they beat Missouri, and they beat Arkansas, and they were 5-3 and three in the conference, and they won all their non-conference that's not some dream scenario. It's, it's possible, but a lot of things have to fall into place. Yeah, yeah I think that's totally fair. But these three guys, Cross, Heath, Wheat, if they can, if they can deliver and be I – th- I think if he said rank them, I think Heath is number one. I think Cross is two, and, and, and Wheat is three. You have more faith than Heath? Come, or is that no, just it's be- not Heath. No, no, it's not faith. It's how, how – who needs to deliver the most? Oh, Heath who, needs okay. to deliver the most. Okay. And then I think you, know, you need somebody to protect your quarterback – and then Wheat just needs to be good. Yeah, I think Heath and, and Cross need to be bordering on great. Yeah. Well, you just ranked them in order of, of importance. Now rank them in order of the fate that you have that they're going to do what they need to do. Because I kind of feel like Cross is going to be solid. Well, he's a, he was the number two offensive tackle yeah. in the country. How am I not supposed to buy into that? Yeah. You know, like I said, if he's not, if he's not a potential all-SEC guy as a freshman, well, then he was a bust. And, and, and was as far as he under overrated. As far as Heath goes, count me among the many that, despite Mike Leach's resume, when it comes to receivers racking up big yards at Mississippi just State, seen it. I'll, I'll still I'll just believe it when I see it. Yeah, I, I mean, think I think it'll happen, but still, there's there's that skeptical part of me. Yeah, and there's no there's no reason to, there's no reason to be otherwise right now. I mean, it's just <laughs> you know that 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 is the biggest holdup for this team, no question about it. All right, let's move on into the greatest bulldog bracket. Hope you guys were able to head over to a Welcome Home Beef's uh, site or the sale they had on Friday and get some of that incredible Wagyu beef. But they're always running specials and sales like that. So just call them up and see what's going on. Check out some of their package deals. They've got packages to get you steaks, burgers, roasts, everything you need to, to keep you in beef at all times. And we're talking about some of the best beef that money can buy, the best beef that money can buy. All locally sourced. It's all processed here at Mississippi State. This is a business that does business with Mississippi State. And you can't go wrong. So, give them a call today at 418-2021 or check them out online. Facebook.com slash Welcome Home Beef. And get yourself on some high dollar, high quality, high moral standard <laughs> steaks, ribs, burgers, and roasts. Whatever you choose, though, Joel, one thing is for sure. It just tastes good. That's right, it does. All right. And now. I know, right? (laughs) We are here. We are at the finale. And it's what uh, I thought it was going to be from day one. It's what I thought was going to happen when I put this bracket together. It's Dak Prescott versus... uh, Jake Mangum. Now, I, I told I talked to Mangum uh, last night. I gave him a sneak preview of that video that you guys are watching today. Shout out to Derek Cody for putting that incredible Fantastic. Uh, video together. Um, I sent him that, and I said, "He said I can't believe." He said, "I can't believe I made it this far." And I said, "I thought this was what it was going to be when I when I drew it up. When I put the, when I finished finished doing it, and I looked at it, I was like, this is going to be Dak versus Mangum.'" I thought Bailey Howell had a 
had a chance, chance but he but didn't. He, he didn't. He didn't really. He did not. Uh, Mangum, uh, pretty dominant there. Uh, let me get the uh, the final results of those polls up. I know that uh, that Dak that we did get uh, Palmero twenty five percent of the vote against Dak, so seventy five or seventy four twenty six actually. Uh, Jake Mangum sixty six to thirty four. He takes over Bailey House, so all the one seeds, and then we got the top. These guys were the top seeds, in my opinion. That, yeah. Just in terms of popularity, they're just so beloved, and that's what I told Mangum. He said, "He said, did you really think that?" I was like, "Yeah, man. These guys, state fans love y'all. They love Dak. They love you. Uh, pretty simple." Uh, he also made a prediction. He said, "I'm going to lose 65 to 35 percent." As we sit right now at this moment, with 2,474 votes in. Dak Prescott leads 65 to 35. So Jake Mangum, <laughs> if baseball doesn't work out, has got a future. In prophecy. And, and no, I mean, just, you know, everybody needs polls done these days, man. This guy can be a, uh, he can get on CNN or, or Fox <laughs> News or whatever and start uh, start making predictions. So uh, voting is good until Wednesday afternoon. So please uh, get your vote in for these two beloved icons. This was the right matchup, in it my was. opinion. It was. It is. You know, I, I would I would love for it to be a little. Uh, there was one point this morning where it was like fifty five forty five. I was like, ooh, you know. But. You know, something I was thinking about the other day is we, we were talking about the final four, and we were pretty sure this was going to be the final matchup. Yeah, the fact that we sit here and and you could make a case that, like you said, this is the right matchup, and that the two greatest Mississippi State Bulldogs. In the history of the university, dating back to 1876, I believe, and that right, or 1878. Yeah, long time ago. Yeah, the two greatest bulldogs played in the last five six years. Yeah, I mean that, that feels right. You know, that, I, that's just incredible. Like, and I don't think that it's even. I mean, there's some recency bias a little bit to it. I get that, but I mean they're deserving too. It's not just recency bias at all. Um, you can make legitimate cases these are the two guys in the history of the university yeah i mean they they're they're one seats you know no question about it you know and, and I, I got a lot of you know should have been will clark should have been Pop- i get that i get all that you know but at the end of the day this this poll you know I, I i would as much as i would like for people to really take it like okay who had the better career it's a popularity poll mm-hmm. and there just aren't two more popular bulldogs especially of the with the twitter generation than Mangum and Dak. It's just that simple. And Jake's going to run into the issue here, as he already kind of has, and as he kind of predicted. I, he did not say this. This is Joel saying it. You just run into the monster too. And I'm not saying that Dak shouldn't win because I. It is tough to to escape away from all that he became, particularly in 2014 and 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, but you run into the monster that is football, a little bit here, and and it touches football. Just touches everybody. Yeah. And, and baseball, as beloved as it is at Mississippi State, and it is beloved, it still doesn't quite have the reach no. that football does. It never will. Even at Mississippi State, it just, it just never will. So that's just the way you have to to accept it. So, like I said, as we sit here with almost 2,500 votes in, Dak is up 65 to 35. I expect that margin to, to stay around that. I expect that on Thursday. What, what does the winner get? We never sort of determined that. Should I send him a $10 Stirring Brew gift card? <laughs> Dak, don't know if you care. I'm sure you were keeping up. You won the greatest bulldog. Here's your pri- here's your prize. I don't know. A good word with Jerry Jones to try and get whatever. He, assuming it's Dak, I'd be happy I mean, to talk to Jerry. Yeah, like, Jerry, come on, man. You gotta get this guy. 
<laughs> whatever he wants. Yeah, I'm the new agent, buddy. All, all, all I want. What do, I don't know what your agent is personally charging you right now. I'll take half of what he's charging. Yeah, you know, you, he's giving you getting him two percent. I'll just take one. I mean, this could be the final little notch on that resume that gets Dak the deal he wants here. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. What if Jerry's like, you know, Dak, we were sort of holding out here, but now that I see you've won over Jake Mangum, over Will Clark and Raphael Palmero, all right. When does this poll go final? Uh, Wednesday afternoon. I pray that Dak signs his new deal Wednesday. <laughs> I'm taking full credit. Full credit if that happens. I put I put the pieces in place. No question about that. All right, so we'll we'll on Thursday show we'll recap that. Uh, and talk about it looks like it's going to be Dak Prescott's victory, but you never know. All precincts are not in. We'll see what happens uh, down the road. All right, guys. Have a great rest of your Sunday, and Joel and I will be back with you on Tuesday morning. We haven't, we haven't thought of a, a, a rumblings theme yet. We need to, to get on that. If you guys got, got any suggestions, we're, we're happy to listen to them. Have a great one, guys. Talk to you again soon. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.